we were just talking, and then we went up to my room. So you were still letting a guy perform oral sex on you, even though you claimed to be in I love with this him. guy. I did it on him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's different. I thought it was something else. I no. thought he performed it on you. Okay. Well, if it wasn't in the lobby and Is he didn't perform on? it on you. My, hey, have you been listening to this? Me? Bro? Yeah. Has my mic been on? It's, it's been on for a couple seconds. Don't All squander right, the opportunity, Drew. Have you been hearing this? Yes. All right. What? This is recoculous, is it not? I don't know. I haven't had a chance to talk to this young lady. My mic's been off. All right, but would you listen to me? She's performing I, oral sex yes, on some question, stranger in a, in a hotel is, two months ago. Adam, the hmm. question is, why is she in such a hurry to have sex? She doesn't seem to really care who it is, but it's probably better with a guy that she, quote, loves. She What's says the hurry, she's in Michelle? Love What's the hurry? What's the hurry? I don't know. Um, when, What's going on at home? Um, what do you mean, like, have I been molested? All right. <laughs> what, what, what are you looking? What are you trying to run away from? That too. If that's you know, what what happened? What 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 is what is the hurry? You're fourteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. Excuse me. What's the hurry? Um, I don't know. Did some your parents break up? Were you molested? Is something going on at I home was that you don't? Molested when I was really little. You were molested. Yeah, by a friend of the family. All right, Adam. Yeah, it's quite you a see what I'm trying to get at? I've been talking to a dead mic for five minutes trying to get that out. Oh, shut up, Drew. I'll shut it off again, so help oh, me God. God. I'll, I'll take the red eye out there and kick you in the nuts. And I didn't really know my dad. He left. All right, Michelle, these, this is no way to feel better about yourself, okay? That having sex now is only going to add to your confusion and your sense of fragmentation. You need to focus on who you are, what you want to do, what makes you happy, and, for instance, the choice to have sex with this guy that you so-called love is going to be very painful. You're going to be connected with this guy in ways that you can't see through. You're going to, he's going to be on this side of the country. It's going to be very painful and very uncomfortable. And you're already starting to act out with other guys who are strangers yes. in an attempt to try to get some validation through sexuality. And that's not what it should be used for. It should be used to, to increase the level of intimacy between somebody you can have a relationship with, who you're in proximity to, so you can see it through. All right. All right. All right. All right. You, get, you done? I'm done. Jennifer. Jennifer. Hello. You're 21? Yes. What's going on? Um, I have a serious problem. Uh, I've, I've been with my boyfriend for about four years and found out last summer, myself and his whole family found out that he was molested um, by his dad's girlfriend. And his dad found this out, and a month ago, he married this woman. What what exactly went on? It's very unusual for a woman to molest a boy. What happened? Um, I don't exactly know. I've never really asked. I know that um, his father and her have had in the past a serious drug problem and alcohol problem. Oh, and every time all the kids are over there, they drink. And um, I never really asked because it's it, it was so hard for me to deal with. I never really wanted to know exactly. Um, right. now, how, how old was he? He, it started when he was 14. Oh. Um, yeah. and there was an older brother also, and we kind of think it happened to the older brother when he moved out. Uh -huh. he it really off. sounds less like molestation than yeah. just bizarre, you know, circumstances in the family where people are loaded on drugs and a 14-year-old is able to act well, out in this chaos. You know, that's like that's what I was thinking since he was kind of older. It's been bothering me that maybe but, that. Look, but here's, we, we can't do anything about him right now. I mean, this is a very involved, very serious situation. How long boyfriend. did this go on for? Um, I It started when he was 14, and we found out because... She, they had been drinking, and he passed out. This was last year, and he's 20, and she tried something 
on him while he was passed out. All right, so this is and this is seriously. Uh, may, may I use the term effed up, Adam? Is that okay? Uh, let me check what the standards and practices. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, I think even even I would like to use that term tonight. Th this is a mess, and All we right. can't deal with that. What we we have to deal with is you, Jennifer, well, and well, why you would choose why you would choose to involve yourself with somebody that comes from this kind of chaos. Okay. Well, this. I mean, we've been together for four years. This just came out last year. Yeah, but it's the same person. It's a, you, I know. It's, I, I know. But my and you say he already you already know that he drinks and sleep passes out, right? So he has an alcohol issue. No, it's it's not that. It's you know, college kids drink. I've done it myself. Yeah, but he comes from a history of addiction. The biological background is, is alcoholism. And so already there's a fifty percent probability that he is gonna become an alcoholic. If he now has momentum with alcohol, that's the beginning of the disease. Hey, uh, Jennifer? Yeah. Drew's got you on this one. Yeah. Something's up with him. And yeah. uh, something's up with his stepmom or his dad's girlfriend or whatever the hell she was back then. But he was 14. She was loaded. He could have fended her off, I'm guessing, unless she's a, a, a large woman. Um, well, I think what happened is she she has drugged people in the past. And mm. uh, yeah, but, wait, wait right. let's stay off those guys. Let's stay with Jennifer. Why are you with a guy like this? You have an alcoholic dad? No, I don't. And, Mom? Um, no, none, nothing in my family at all. And none of this was present, you know, when I first met him. But Jennifer, the information wasn't present, but this is the same individual that came out of this environment. And we've got to stay focused on you. Why are you with somebody that comes from this kind of chaos? Um, Did, I love him. And I, I'm yeah. in love with him. And well, That's good. But that know, doesn't but answer he, any question for it. Well, my biggest problem here is he... Um, Besides, besides all this that's happened, and the whole family's trying to deal with this, he still has a relationship with his father. When this first happened, um, he didn't talk to his dad at all, and it's been about a year, and he's got a relationship with his father. And I have not seen his father or his new stepmother. Stay away um, from him. Pardon me? Stay away from them. Oh, yeah, I will not. If I see him, I'll, I'll kill her. But... Um, my biggest problem is trying to deal with the fact that he still has a relationship with his dad, and I'm afraid that it's that being around someone with no morals like that is going to affect him later. Well, well it's already, it's already, it's already done it. Believe yeah, me. Done and, and wait a minute. Uh, Jennifer, you believe that this woman drugged him and had sex with him for, you know, maybe a couple of years? I don't. I, he said it happened like four times. So I don't. And he was drugged every time. Don't no, don't think I, about that. Don't forget that. Yeah. Um. Well. Jennifer, well, quick question. Know. Let's stay with you. We got to stay with you. you you're un incapable of looking at your own role in all this. How is your relationship with your parents? It's it's perfect. Um. I, well, my parents have been divorced since I was three, but I have oh. great relationships with both parents. Oh, that is perfect. And uh, are they real involved in your life? Yeah. Oh, um, my dad. Very my involved. Father, my father is my best friend. Knows everything about my life. Okay. Best friend, by the way, is not the role of parent. Oh, I okay. know. No. It'd be nice if parents could be your best friend, but that's not their job. Their job well, is to be the parent. True. You're all jacked up tonight. What's up with you? Huh? It's, two, it's one in the morning here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, simmer down, would you? I'm in a well, weird studio, and I have no sense of time. <laughs> but, but let me finish with Jennifer. The point is, right, right. Jennifer, let me, ask, uh, let me ask the one question. Did you ever have an eating disorder? No. Okay. Did your, are your parents real involved in your life or the point that they're sort of... Uh, Intrusive in other areas of your life, where you don't, no, you don't do anything no. about their involvement. It's, okay. No, it's just that I know that I can go to them with anything. Right. They've they've always made that clear. All right, Drew has not been able to crack the code. We know there's something up with this boyfriend of yours. This uh, you uh, portraying him as a victim is uh, there's a Mistake. lot of gray area there. 
he has had sexual relations with this woman uh, way more than once. God knows uh, how many times. He told you four. He was a, a teenager when it began. And uh, Dad's an alcoholic. He, he married uh, this woman who's an alcoholic. There's going to be chaos down the line. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Be prepared. This is the tip of the iceberg. You, Go you to with Al-Anon. me, Drew? Go to Al-Anon. I think you might learn something about yourself. All right? All right. All right. All right. It's all right. You sound good, I got a terrible sense of time here. All right. Time warp. What time is it there? One twenty. Great. What Day. time? What time did you get up this morning? Eight. Great. Nine. Yeah, nice. All right. Let's just uh, see if we can tease something a little bit here. Dave, you're thirty. Yeah, I am. I was addicted to painkillers and pot. Now experiencing anxiety attacks. Yeah, um, Dr. Drew, Adam, how you guys doing? Listen, um, majority of last year I was abusing Super Vicodin. And, um, they have Super Vicodin? Yeah, yeah Vicodin heavy e- duty stuff. Vicodin ES, it's called. It's a Loraset, right? Well, Loraset's different. Yeah, that's a, that's a more potent hydrocodone, yeah. That's what I was taking. Yeah. And um, this crooked doctor was giving it to me for, for whatever reason. Um, he didn't even ask. And I did it for most of last year, a good couple hundred of them, along with marijuana for the last few years. And um, it, I've been clean this whole year, and now I'm just kind of um, feeling kind of lightheaded and very very subtle head rush I've had for the last four or five All weeks. Right. Hold on, Dave. All right. All right. Drew, you're going to answer that? Yes. We'll do it when we come back? Yeah. Okay. We'll have the uh, guys from uh, In God's Hands in here. And uh, Drew? Yeah. Why don't you rethink your commitment to the show? What are you, what are you talking okay, about? Uh, just think about it. Yes, you is. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Dr. Drew is in New York. He has right. himself a microphone and a TV screen and an attitude. How and about the be... Jerry Springer thing, though, Adam? What? You, you hear mean, about that? Where they're faking everything? Right. All right. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> right. By the way, I hear a lot of breathing in there. What's going on? Uh, that could be me, actually. Ah. That may be uh, Matt George. Matt's really nervous. And uh, <laughs> Maddie Liu, who is a... Uh, Maddie is the five-time Hawaiian surfing champion, and Matt George is a professional surfer and a writer. And uh, how many Emmys do you have? Two. Two? Yeah. That's two you more. You want to talk about Mount Kilimanjaro? That's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, all right. So well, let's we, talk let's, about a movie first. Let's talk about the movie, In God's Hands. It's uh, it's We're talking about it before. It's not a, or off the air, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a movie like any other movie. And uh, what, what would you call the wave in this movie? Well, in I, movie would, I, would, terms. I, would, I would call it basically the Moby Dick of, of surfing. That's interesting. Instead of the great white whale, we went after the great white wave. Right. And uh, it's a story of three friends um, that travel the world... Um, with uh, that, that travel the world, sort of discovering their own souls and where they fit in the world as they move towards their destiny, where they have to ride a wave that is too big to catch by hand. They actually have to be towed into it at about 30 knots on a jet ski. From these, behind it. Yeah. These are waves that are upwards of 40 and 50 feet. And where did you film these actual waves? We filmed it in uh, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. On the North Shore somewhere? Um, a lot of it on the North Shore, a lot of it, a lot of it on Maui also. Uh-huh. Well, the really big waves are at a place called Jaws on Maui, uh, made famous by sailboarders. It's, it's, the Hawaiian name is Piahi, and it's famous for facing the brunt of the Aleutian storms, and it's the largest rideable surf uh, on Earth, and we happened to capture a couple days that were uh, absolutely historic. And, how, and big, I, how big were the sets? Upwards of 40 feet. 
Oh, really? Yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, it, yes. and it is. And the thing is, is uh, in you, you know when you when you see a movie, they can you could show a a, a wave that was twenty two feet and say it was a forty footer. Yes. Well, and you wouldn't know it well, if listen. you filmed it correctly, right? Is aren't waves still measured from behind, so to speak, where the faces are bigger than the actual wave? Surfers ride the front of waves, uh, Doctor. But but the face is always larger than what's measured, is it not? Yeah, most of the I always heard is... they were measured from behind too. Right. Well, um, it's an ego thing. I mean, it, it's Matt, an ego thing. That yeah, it's an ego. But if you're saying forty foot wave, you're saying a forty foot face, not an eighty foot face. Well, right. Well, like the waves that we have in our movie. I mean, if you measured that, measured it with a tape ruler, it'd probably be like three hundred feet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these these things are beyond human comprehension. But, even know, even that forty foot. Uh, you know, measurement is very inaccurate. It's very surfer gunslinger downplayed. Wait till you see them. They're really quite. It's a very, very large wave. Well, let me say this: um, forty feet, and uh, just uh, just to straighten this out, forty feet is a four-story building. That's so right. If you stood at the base of a four-story building, and you look straight up the side of it, that's a forty foot wave. Yes, so, you lying, lying on the cement because that's actually, where your head is when you're looking up. That's a good point, Drew. I'm not going to shut your mic <laughs> that's off a real because good of point. that. Lie down on a beach towel and look straight up at a four-story uh, four building and that is a 40-foot wave. Well, we're really proud of the film as well because um, we took a big risk uh, using all real surfers to act and uh, we all did uh, our own stunt work too. So there's no special effects and everybody does their own gig and uh, and uh, it, it would be like watching Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise and then watching Tom Cruise hop in the car and go 250 miles an hour. Right. Hey, hey Adam? Yes. Adam, do these guys have those great bios like the other surfers we've had? Uh, no, this isn't. Uh, <laughs> these are good bios, actually. Actually, uh, Matt is the guy I was speaking of who has the uh, Emmys and who went to Mount Kilimanjaro with the Special Olympic athletes. And how the hell did that work? Well, it's pretty simple. It was uh, it was a project called Let Me Be Brave, which is the motto of the uh, Special Olympics. I had climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro the year before on a semi-historic climb that reopened uh, some of the less uh, lesser-used environmental routes. So I had some attention, and, and they asked me to uh, help guide them in this uh, documentary that we made in 1989. And we thought that the, to, to show the world the courage of um, mentally disabled people, we thought that this would just be a great way to show uh, the power of will. And we actually got six of the athletes to the roof of Africa. We're very proud of that. Jeez, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I kid a lot on this show, but any time I see one of those Special Olympic commercials where they're playing, uh, Did you ever know you are my hero? And these kids are like hugging and doing the balance beam and then running to the coach. I just break down and start bawling like a baby. I, I don't know what it is about that. I think the Corollas uh, come. I come from a long line of people who don't make much money working with people who um, have uh, as social handicaps. Uh, maybe it's that gene in me, but man, I just uh, break open and start bawling. Even just seeing a thirty-second spot, I, I couldn't even watch it in person. I would just sit there bawling the entire time. All right, guy. Get a, get a, oh, I actually oh, have sorry, an answer, Doctor. I I'm think down. I, I think I have an answer for that. Actually, I, you, you mm -hmm. might uh, you might be able to correct me on this, but. I think that it's the incredible luck that we feel and the, the blessing that we feel not to be mentally disabled and to see that you and I probably feel that, but Adam sort of identifies rather. No, yeah, for me it's like, like why couldn't I have gotten that competition? <laughs> 
All right, let's take some calls. And uh, Drew, you got a call you like? We we, uh, we had already spoken to Dave on line three, remember? Oh, that's right. Right. Dave's 30. Dave's uh, addicted to painkillers. Uh, super fine. Get in. Yeah, no, let me get this straight. Uh, you were doing 100 lore tabs a week? Uh, I was doing quite a few. I was doing about 50 right. a week for most of the right. year. And, and you're a long-term marijuana user, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've been and you clean, s- clean this whole year called Turkey. Have you been going to program? No, um, I, I've been doing pretty good on my own. I haven't been exercising that much or anything, but... All right, uh, well, this is... Are you drinking? No, I've been totally clean. It's just that um, I've been doing pretty good. This last few weeks, I've been feeling this kind of lightheaded weird right. feeling. Dave, there's a couple of things here. One is that the, the long-term effects of marijuana does tend to cause depression. And with that depression, it's not uncommon for there to be anxiety attacks. I actually just lost a patient about two weeks ago who uh, tried to, quote, do it on his own. He finally recognized he was a marijuana addict after going to 100 doctors with a million physical complaints, was convinced that the marijuana was the issue, stopped and actually started going to programs, uh, Uh but but sort of rejecting treatment, became acutely depressed, didn't tell anybody, and killed himself. But listen, I, I understand that, but I'm just sort of, that's the extreme case. The fact, though, is that there are biological reasons why you can feel lousy after you stop using. And there are also psychological reasons. I mean, there are things that motivated you to use these drugs, and those things haven't changed. In fact, they're worse now because the biology of your brain has been altered in such a way that it makes it more difficult to deal with things, which is why when people stop using drugs and don't get some form of treatment, they get symptoms. They get depressed. They get panic attacks. You have to replace that drug with something or in order to change your internal world in such a way as to cope with those things that you were using the drug for in the first place and the consequences of the drug use. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right, so Drew. Go, down, go to AA. Yes, go to AA. Well, hey, NA, really. NA would be Go to NA. Drew, you're good. You know, I rarely get a chance to sit and listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually sort of watching your mouth flap, but it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Yeah, but you know when I got the headphones on and you're coming out of New York, I'm listening just like I'm, uh, just like a listener would, just like you used to. I can't understand an effing word, but it's really good. No, it's I I think I'm lulling you. uh, It's like you're driving down the 405 in the old days. Yes, and I'm going to head into the guard railing in a minute because I'm falling asleep. Jessica, listen to me. That's what I'm saying. Was that was that a compliment or no? No, criticism. I just relax over there. Jessica, uh-huh. you're 21. Yeah. You're on with Matt and Maddie, the surfer guys. Oh, hello. Hey. Hi. Hey, Jessica. Well, my problem is I've been with a guy for about four years, and we've been together for about three. Last year he proposed, and we've been moving around, and we've been living together since he proposed, and now he's bringing things in like he wants to have threesomes, and he wants to have <laughs> stuff like that, and I'm Sounds not into like where that. I come from. Yeah, is that, uh, is, how old are you, uh, Maddie? 26. 26? Ever had a threesome? <laughs> oh, yeah. You uh, surf, you travel the world, of course you had a threesome. Uh, he said threesome, yes. Now, we've done it with two guys and a girl. Oh, boy. But he wants it the other way. Jessica, he told me, wh- let, me, let, me, let me get a different wow. question asked here. You said you're moving around together? You know, we've lived in, we moved to Arizona. I'm from California. We moved to Arizona. And I have a daughter, and she got really sick, and my grandmother died the same weekend. And I lost my job because they weren't very understanding. So I lost my job, and he was only working. And we couldn't afford it, so we moved back to California. And now in January, we moved into our own place again, and we just moved again. Where's the dad from the previous relationship? My daughter's father? The daughter, yeah. He just, like, 
I had her, and he got into another relationship, and he's not in. He's not in the picture. Mm-hmm. All right, Jessica, so you, you're not. The, you don't have the world's greatest compass, right, Jessica? Well, we, I've been with the guy I'm with now for quite a while. Yeah. He, yeah. He didn't want to be with me, and then I fought for him, and I I got him now. Well, you, repeat yourself. you you and one of his buddies he works with have no, right a friend of his. Yeah, oh, a friend of his. Oh, okay. fought for this a hole. Huh? <laughs> this is like uh, fighting uh, for the right to get cancer. <laughs> well, it, that stuff didn't come up until recently. So, yeah, but it's the same guy. This is the guy. This is the guy you fought for. All right, that hold on. Change, right, let me yell at all our listeners for a second. <laughs> This uh, whole thing of like, it was like, oh, oh, you didn't know the Hitler I knew. No, not back <laughs> when I knew him. No, right. that's a different man, I'm telling you. The six months uh, before uh, Mein Kampf came out, uh, he was a totally different guy. Very energetic, uh, loving, was a meat eater. Oh, uh, no, he wasn't. And he, no, he's not like that. I mean, if, they, if they have syphilis or brain tumor, we will excuse them. Otherwise, right. there's no excuse. But Does he have syphilis or brain tumor? Not that I know of. No. But I have a question for Dr. Drew as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was on the birth control shot from the time my daughter was a couple months old, and I just got off of it in December. Yeah. And we were thinking about having a kid, and I haven't gotten a period or anything. Is that uh, any, you, you want to have a kid with this guy? Well, yeah. He's great with my daughter. Terrific. Oh, boy. Uh, By the way, the, the abusers, the guys that, that really become the child abusers, are, the, are oftentimes the perfect fathers. They, they they idealize the little girl, give her all the stuff they want. Oh, no, he doesn't give her anything. 14. He, he's real, she turns he's 14. real strict with her. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Didn't you guys just have to, didn't you just get kicked out of Arizona because no, you didn't no, have I enough didn't money? Out of Arizona. All right, but you just left Arizona because you didn't have enough money to support yourselves, right? Because I, we you had know, why, enough, but it was. Why do you need another kid now? You're 21. You need another kid. You're not married to this guy. He wants. We're getting married in, in July, but the. So right, the do you need another kid? Bothering me. Hey, hey. Jessica, so help me God, I'm going to be talking to you in three years. You're going to now have two kids, and we're going to be talking about another guy. You no, know what I'm, I'm saying? No, you're not going to be talking about another guy. I love, yes. him. I love him with then, all my heart. All right, then don't have a kid for three years and call us back. But I want to know. You, then we'll give you a, a release, a written release. The problem is I want to know when I'm going to like get a period or something. I haven't gotten you, nothing. You, within six months, you'll get a period, and you could get pregnant even without the period. Okay, so... I shouldn't worry about anything because I, got, I no. got pregnant with my daughter. I was a virgin and got pregnant right away. Beautiful. Well, you will get pregnant again. Hey, Jessica. So I don't, I don't have to worry about anything? Jessica, why don't, you, anything. why don't you wait till you're if, done with the threesomes so you know whose kid it is? If, if it goes more than six months to see a doctor, they can sort of kickstart things. But I, I, the vast majority of people are beginning to cycle by six months, okay? Six wait till the end of June. All end right. of June. I want to see a pay stub before you have another we kid. two jobs. <laughs> no, I love it when people brag that way. He has four and a half jobs. He's working his ass off. Oh, please. I, uh, got, a, I got a question for you guys. Yes. Um, I thought she, she raised a, uh, an issue that a lot of people face in a relationship, and that is uh, when someone wants to bring experimentation in, in, into the relationship. I think that's a valid point. We are, uh, we are all for that, Matt. Our feeling is, though, and, and just because, um, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, what the hell qualifies you to talk to people? But it's like asking what the hell qualifies you guys to ride a wave. You've done it for a long time. You do it. You've, you've traveled. You've seen it. You didn't have to go to school. You didn't have to read a book. You just had to see a lot of waves. And we've talked to a lot of people, and basically it tends to break up relationships more often than not. So we always tell people... 
Hey, uh, if you're in college and you're in a couple of chicks from the uh, dorm room down, uh, you know, down the hall, they want to get it on. God bless you. Go at it. But when there's kids, when there's marriages, uh, when when it's your fiance and you have a three year old. You're it's flirting a with disaster. It's a disaster. Well, I, I agree with you because I don't think you should break the physical physical bond physical bond with your lover. But what I what I'm thinking is when it comes to experimentation, if somebody's starting think starting to think about threesomes and things like that, perhaps there's other suggestions that don't involve a third party that uh, could bring that excitement back into but the it, relationship. But it usually is not that they want the excitement. It's usually that they're screwed up and they're trying to sabotage the relationship. Right. They can't stand and, the it, and, and it ends up happening. If someone gets too close, they start getting fidgety. They think, all right, I'm horny. But really what they're thinking is, is I'm miserable. i got to mess this thing up. And it always serves to do that. And that's why we tell them when you got kids and all that, you can't do it. Just like if you have uh, five kids, you shouldn't be riding a motorcycle with no helmet. It's the same right. sort of thing. Right. You have a that's responsibility right. now. You can't that's go right. screwing around. Hey, you're single. Yeah, right. Get loaded. Get on the motorcycle. Hope it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to go to break. Drew, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm going to the bathroom. You really made a nice comeback that break, buddy. Thank you. All right. Keep coaching me, pal. All right, buddy. We'll be back. Love there, Mike. Something? No. Seemed to take a while. Yeah? Okay. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Bad Religion is going to be in here uh, day after tomorrow. I like this guy, so uh, that ought to be a good time. Matt George and Maddie Lea... Leo. Leo. Sorry. Leo. Matty Leo is uh, in here tonight from uh, In God's Hands. Uh, they're... Uh, well, now, Matt, were you professional surfer? Oh, yes. yes, for many years. Then I was a senior editor at Surfer and Surfing Magazine. And so the challenge of actually uh, making the first authentic <coughs> surf movie was, um, was something that was a real pleasure to, to, to attempt. Um, myself and Zalman King sat down and decided that after all the beach blanket bingos and, and just the general lack of authenticity uh, that has been evident in surf movies, we decided to, to to really make this one, uh, you know, as, th as authentic as possible. That's why we used all real surfers, real locations, uh, no special effects, and mm -hmm. no stunt work. No what stunt was uh, like Big Wednesday? Was that one of the last um, surf, yeah, theatrical surf movies that yeah, came out? Yeah, a friend of mine made that, John Milius, and, and that sort of uh, covered like sort of the pre- and post-Vietnam uh, surfing at Malibu. That is a pretty interesting movie when you look at it. Yeah, except for uh, the waves never got that big in Malibu, did they? I think they like filmed that in Hawaii somewhere. Yeah, well, that's that's an industry well, secret, actually. Yeah, that's that's uh, why they call it Hollywood. But um, I, I, I don't want to offend either one of you guys, but I'm never giving my kid a surfboard. You can offend us. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'm never giving my kid why a not? surfboard because I have friends that got into this surfing, and I have okay. friends that got into mountain biking and friends that got into baseball and into hockey, but the ones that got into surfing could never hold a job down. Because <laughs> the guys who got into baseball were content to uh, go play softball on the weekends eventually at some point, or the guys who got into football were content to go watch it, but the guys who got into surfing it just uh, turned into uh, hobos. Why I mean, <laughs> they could work, but they could only work by the beach. They, they could I, I work disagree. at a surf shop, but none of these guys could hold a job down. They're all still living at home, and they will drop whatever it is they're doing to go surf, which is kind of a problem if you're living in a sort of structured 9-to-5 environment. 
Well, um, now if you can make a living off doing it, uh, more power to you. That's that's great. But not many people can do that. So therefore, you have a lot of guys doing a lot of surfing aren't getting paid to surf. And uh, meanwhile, they're calling in sick for the third day in a row because a swell has blown in at Zuma. I can see where you come from with that. But most of the um, people that I know that surf are really successful with their work and and really uh, yeah i mean they're all oh, yeah. very well off um every single one of um, my friends that i grew up with um since we we're you know kids i mean they own their own companies and they're very successful and very motivated well, very well traveled and see Adam, moms love you, them. you have to be careful for is surfing plus genetics for addiction because that equals marijuana yeah none of them come from and north hollywood do they um yeah my friend oleg's is from north hollywood really um, yeah and he's he's a very successful uh, you know, he, he has a great job, and he surfs on the weekends, and he surfs before work, and he surfs after oh. work, and <laughs> but he, he brings work. home the money. You know, rent's paid, and uh, drives hey. a nice car. Hey, Doctor Drew, I, I got a question for you. You're, you're an addiction specialist, is that right? Uh huh. Um, addiction that isn't drug related or uh, related to inebriation um, uh, or hy hypoxia or whatever the terms you want to use. Um, what about an addiction like surfing where, where you literally release all these adrenalines and endorphins into your body? Can you become addicted to that? You know, if you're not biologically prone to addiction generally, no, you can't. You, you can develop a compulsion around it. Is it like a sex addiction or something? Well, it's it, worse. It, it, would be, it would be the same. <laughs> if I'm you telling you, I know guys that just go nuts for this. If you were biologically prone to addiction, but it tends not to progress. I mean, the progression of addiction is a result of the biological predisposition with an extra physiological stimulation, like a pharmacological agent. So uh, generally, no. I mean, you can develop a compulsion, and the compulsion can be around trying to avoid other unpleasant aspects of your life. You know, it just feels better to go surfing, so you're compulsed to do it. And if and it does release endorphins, and it is does feel good. But it doesn't cause addiction, to my estimation. But it, it is more than—I mean, it is more of a lifestyle than it is a sport. Um, more than any other sport I can think of. I don't yeah, consider I'll it a sport what, at all. To be honest, I think uh, it's my, a great. I, I was a beach person as a young adolescent and a young adult, and my whole life now is organized around trying to get back to that. <laughs> I mean, it's really—that's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's a great lifestyle. I mean, I can see where you're coming from by that. I mean, well, if, actually, if you got tubed. You know, like yeah, it would change battle. everything. Yeah, I, change personally, everything. I don't consider surfing a, a, a sport, but we can get back to that. But I want to get back to you not letting, not allowing your child to surf. I, I'm not quite so sure I would advise that for one reason. There's so few, many places left in the world where a young person can have a tactile relationship with nature, a hands-on immersion into something greater and bigger than themselves. By a shark. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Yes. But, um, I mean, a true adventure and, and nature experience, a hands-on thing where you're able to immerse yourself in this elemental magma, now, I mean, me, it's something very important. And I don't explain. know if you'd want to deny a child that that. I would, because my kid would go down to Malibu, he'd get his ass kicked by some locals, and that'd be about <laughs> it. Then he'd grow up to be a really great guy. He'd never even make it to the water. Uh, Amy, yes? you're 15. Yeah. What's going on? I have a boyfriend, and he's in jail. Hey, hold on a second. Is all that locals-only stuff going on still? That uh, Oh, no, never. Uh, yeah. Does he surf? No. No. <laughs> I don't have any... He should. They don't have any uh, parole program for folks who like to surf? There's no rehabilitation surfing programs or anything? I have no idea. He's 20, he's in jail, yeah. yeah What's he in jail for? This um, is going to be good. Traffic warrant. Traffic warrant? He was driving with no tags, and he got his license suspended. Mm -hmm. And then he, went, he had to drive to work anyway, so he drove to work one day. 
and then he got arrested. How long has he been in jail for? What? How long has he been in jail for? He's been in jail for almost a month now. Uh, that because sounds like something a little more serious than yeah, Chad, but he may exactly. not be truthful with you. You're, you're 15 right. years old? What? You're 15? Yeah. He may be protecting you from something. Well, I know crime. he used to live in Florida, and he oh. broke out of... Oh, well, that explains that. Guilty. <laughs> he broke out of a maximum security juvenile. <laughs> oh, Amy. Amy. Well, he's really sweet. Wake though. up. Oh. Oh, right. maximum security. Breakout. Well... He was 14. Hold on a second. I'm kind of proud of him, actually. I want to thank Amy for not giving us the number one answer when people call about their incarcerated boyfriend and girlfriends. Now, when we say, what are they in jail for? Drew, what is the number one answer? Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, parole. Parole violation. That's the one we always get. And then we go, what did he do to get put on parole? I uh, killed eight guys. Well, he was on probation, and the warrant was considered a probation. That's right. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. He was on probation for Grand Theft Auto. That's what we're talking about. Must have slipped her mind. I knew it. Oh, hey. Yeah, but it's so, so rehabilitated. Nothing wrong with that. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. How's he not rehabilitated? He's in jail. Well, he wanted to get caught because he didn't want to stay anymore. He didn't want to live like that anymore. And, I mean... Wow. Where'd you meet him? Wait a minute. He was 14 and you were 11 or, or no. 10? No, wait. No. You're 9. No. No. How, when did you meet him? How long ago? About a year and a half. So you were 13? Yeah. And he was... He was... 17? Yeah. 18? Uh, no, he's five years older than I am. Okay. Because your parents, your parents hit you, didn't they, Amy? Yes. Your parents hit you growing up. What? Your parents used to hit you growing up. No, my brother did. Okay. All right. Well, your well, parents hit did. your brother, and then your brother hit you, right? No, nobody hit my brother. My brother's just really hostile. Really, yeah. probably really bad, huh? Yeah. Well, he didn't. It's not like he beat me to the point where I was like bleeding or anything. It's just he'd get well, really stop short of that. and come in and just like keep on hitting me, so I hit him back. All right, and where were your parents while he was beating the crap out of you? Well, my mom and dad got divorced when I was like four. Yeah, who's in jail? Anyone in jail over there? Mm, just my boyfriend. <laughs> mm, Dad's not in jail. No, Dad was in jail when I was like two. Okay, but he's out now. Yeah, and my mom and dad right. got divorced when I was like four, going on five. Mm -hmm. What was your dad in jail for? I don't know. Parole violation. Parole violation. Parole violation. <laughs> That's what your mom. Amy, put your mom on the phone. Uh, what was your husband in jail for? Parole violation. Okay, get, get the phone back to Amy. Yeah. All right, Amy. So, what did we know? I knew some uh, somebody was a jailbird in your past, and uh, Drew knew you were struck by uh, somebody. Figured it was your parents, but it turns out to be your brother. All right, you're, you're 15, this guy's 20. To any sane person listening, it sounds uh, like a ridiculous notion that you even uh, entertain the thought of carrying on a relationship. This yeah, this this guy you'd like you'd like supervision. You'd like a guy standing by the door looking through the window. Yeah, uh, some guy named Rusty, some husky guy <laughs> with mace on his belt, uh, so that if you just um, screamed, he'd come storming in and and shackle the guy. No. How long is he away for? Uh, how, how long? August thirteenth. That's not that long. Yeah. I'd wait for oh. him if I were you. Oh, that's like three lives, man.
Uh, well, first off, person. just the guy being 20 and her being 15 is enough for us to uh, tell her to get out of the relationship. I don't mind a five-year difference. I don't mind uh, 20 and 25, but 15 and 20, you're two, three years out of high school. Yeah, you got she's, she's in the ninth or tenth grade. I mean, think about that, guys. I mean, remember when you were, you know, a couple years out of high school and you're dating some chick who's in the ninth grade? You know, I really don't want you to include me in Matt's opinion because I am vehemently uh, yes. opposed to Maddie's uh, Maddie opinion. Is, Maddie is as well. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. You have five seconds. Love. Yeah. Fun and informative. Drew did it and I did it. And I have no idea when those shows will air. But, Drew, you'll find out and tell me, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. We're going to take a little 10-second break and we'll be right back. This is Loveline on Radio Station. KROQ FM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world famous K Rock. It is Loveline. Phone number 1 800 L O V E 191. Matt George and Maddie Liu. Liu. I you got, got it right that time. Yeah, that was right. good. You're getting my name right anyway. You know, just call me Maddie. It's a lot more simple. All right, Maddie's here. Uh, both professional surfers uh, and actors uh, from In God's Hands. This is a new movie that's uh, out. It's about surfing, and it's, um, well, it's it's the first movie in a while that's been made about surfing that wasn't sort of a uh, in documentary form. This True. This is a regular theatrical release. Yes. And, uh Columbia TriStar and the Los Angeles Times calls it a compelling drama. And where did uh, where did you go to have to film this? I mean, tell us about uh, the places you traveled. Okay, we started on Maui, then we went to Bali, and then we went to Oahu, then we went to California, and even uh, Mexico. Mexico, yep, Mexico, and, and Canoga Park, and Canoga Park. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that was the most exotic locale, actually. Garden uh, spot of the country, and probably more dangerous in Canoga Park than it was uh, surfing those 40-foot waves really, really in Hawaii. Dangerous. I agree. I, I couldn't agree no, more. It's not dangerous. And, not and, dangerous. and what about the danger factor? Because guys do get killed doing this big wave riding. Uh, yeah. Did you, did, you film, did you have to film that? Uh, it, did you wait till the end of the movie to film that, uh, yes. that scene in case there was yes. problems? Yes, of course. Really? Yeah, yes. we, we took a lot of risks too, because um, this. I mean, we surf throughout the whole film and stuff, and we do our own stunts and stuff. And I mean, at any time, anything could have gone wrong with us, and then we would have been screwed. Did anything go wrong? Well, a number, a number of Matt things. Matt broke, broke his ribs. Yeah, I busted a couple of ribs and broke some fingers and stuff. But um, how'd you do that? Oh, dragging from the side of a seaplane, taking a thirty-foot dive. Uh, Cup, uh, uh, boxing some boxing somebody that was, jump on you. <laughs> boxing somebody that was quite a bit larger than myself. But um, uh, I have to say something about the safety record on this. I mean, there were no accidents. We had no problems. Our director, Zalman King, was very, very sensitive towards the danger thing. So uh, we were very much in control. We, we had lifeguards everywhere. And we, Adam, there's someone on line three who's seen the film. Oh, oh really? Let's talk to yeah. them. Good. We'll talk to... Uh, and these are confident guys, by the way. Matt. Yeah, hi. You're 14. Hey, Matt. How you doing, man? Matt, it's Matt, Matty, Matt, and... Uh, hey, Matt. Matthew are <laughs> Great all name. Yeah, um, I've been surfing for a couple years, and uh, where are you I, from? Uh, I'm from the San Fernando Valley. Right on. Okay, cool. Where do you where do you usually surf at? Um, I surf at like uh, Will Rogers and Carpentria by Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. cool, cool. Yeah, I'm there, and uh, I, I used to surf in the Hoya Shores, and I went down with my uncle. What'd you think of the movie? Oh, it was excellent. That was the best. That was better than Amazon Summer any of those. Movies. Right on. Oh man, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's just such a cool movie. I what? have a poster on my wall that I got out of Surfing Magazine. How did it make you feel? What, what do you think the message of the movie was? Um, I, 
quite go for your goals. Really, that was pretty good. Yeah, I agree with yeah. it. I Usually that. our uh, listeners don't come through real good. They go, um, uh, the message of the movie... Oh, oh crap, I spilled my bone. Um, no, but it's true. I mean, this this is the, the one of the first movies about surfing. It isn't about winning a trophy. It's not about winning the money. What is it's the story? The story is, uh, it's a journey of, of three friends, a, a, a younger character who's sort of raw-nerved and naive to the world. That's the Maddie character. That was me. The middle character, Shane Dorn, is sort of like a James Dean of surfing. He's very, very good at it, but he's uh, very quiet and, and, and very confident. He's chasing his own demons. And then I play the older, sort of world-weary, burned-out character. So it's the, sort of a, a, a complete demographic of, uh, of male surfing, and they bond, they... they form this family that a lot of people I think in the United States are forming and these are these families outside their own messed up families and it was almost like a, a gang type thing and, and so they travel around the world seeking um, this one final uh, rush and that happens to be these giant waves and, and the truth of each of their personalities and their relationship comes out in a uh, sort of an acid test at that moment. Do you got any chicks in bathing suits, though? Well, we actually went in a different direction than that. Well, we, we uh -huh. did not try to handle the uh, Southern California Baywatch type uh, attitude. This is about the tribe of surfers who travel the world and become very enlightened people by the time they're about 24, 25 years old. And so, uh, yeah, there's very beautiful women in this, right. but they're not That's bikini all. babes. Okay, but still, there's a few chicks on the beach once in a while, right? Oh, hell yes. Yeah, okay. Just trying to sell some <laughs> tickets here. <laughs> Forget about the spiritual journey. I want to see some chicken a thong back. <laughs> all right, Matt. God bless you. Tell Thanks, your friends. Man. Thanks, man. Is this movie... Now, I know this movie's definitely... Um, it's going to go over big here on the uh, West Coast. And uh, do they release this nationally? Are people um, in Iowa interested in surfing? Or I how does it work? Oh, hell yeah. I think it's going to go to the East Coast, too. Yeah, I mean, um, the Endless Summer, actually, it, it, the biggest business it did was uh, in the Midwest during the winter because people back there with the snow and the and the cold would love to see uh, just this beautiful tropical stunning you know location it's an interesting uh, fantasy driven location yeah it's a very fantasy driven type story it's beautiful uh, all right drew yeah moving on here where are we going five five Haley. yeah you're 15 yeah um i'm pregnant and i'm due with like next two weeks and the guy who got me pregnant he doesn't know and my boyfriend wants me to tell him, but I don't want to tell him because I think it's going to screw up our relationship with him even in it. Wow. Wow. Um, Where are your uh, parents? And I thought I had it bad. Huh? Where are Where your, your parents? parents? At home. Mm -hmm. I mean, do they know who the father is? Yeah. Do they care? Um, yeah, because he's a bit older than I am. Mm -hmm. How old is he? He's 26. Aren't they going to take him to task for this? Take him to task? Take him to task. It's illegal for him to have sex with you. Oh, I know that, but, um, no, they're not. Um, Haley? Yeah. Are you calling from a tuna cannery? A where? <laughs> a tuna cannery. What's going on back there? No, that's the dryer. Oh, okay. Are you inside of the dryer? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Could you shut the dryer off, honey? Yeah, I can. Thank you. Tuna cannery. All right. This is, um, all we want is a little dignity on this show. We never get it. All right. So, Haley, let me just make sure we're all on the same page. Okay. You're you're 15. Mm -hmm. When are you going to be 16? Um, in November. Okay, so when you're 14, uh, a guy who was 25 got you pregnant. Right. Okay, oh, and he never knew you were pregnant because you just had a, a one-time encounter with him. Yeah. 
So you just had a one-night stand with a guy. He got you pregnant, and ne you never saw him again. Right. Now, why don't you want to tell him? Because I think he's going to strip the relationship that I have with my boyfriend. <clears throat> How is he going to do that? I just I don't want him in my life. Uh -huh. Well, you don't have to have him in your life, but he may, he can uh, he has a responsibility to help support the child. Number one, and number two, I think he ought to be taken to task. As I said, I think he ought to be uh, prosecuted for having had sex with you. I think he's undoubtedly doing this with other young women, and look what look what kind of carnage he's creating. Mm -hmm. uh, Adam, send your men out. Yes, I'll send the uh, Adam Carolla genital collection squad out to this guy's neighborhood. We take <coughs> people's genitals who are irresponsible with it. We take the genitalia, we put it in a mason jar, we mark it, sometimes carefully, but uh, there could be confusion. You may end up with a big black penis. Uh, it's not your own. Well, what, that's what, not such a bad deal. May, may I ask? May yes. I ask what uh, made the young lady decide to uh, keep the child? Um, because I don't believe I don't want to have an abortion, and I wouldn't want a stranger raising my child. Like, mm -hmm. put it up for adoption. Mm -hmm. You want to know that you're screwing up your kid, and you don't want to chance anyone else screwing it up? <laughs> and if I could point out, I mean, kid, young people or anybody that chooses to put a child up for adoption is making a choice that on behalf of the child. I mean, at 15, you're not ready to be a parent. I'm sorry, Haley, you're not. And so if you really love the child, people will often choose to put the child up for adoption. So parents who are ready to create a stable environment and love the child into adulthood are available and ready, and you do that on behalf of the child. And it's a painful thing to do, but you do it on behalf of the child. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, Haley, yeah. so where did you meet this 25-year-old uh, guy? Um, I met him through one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. And you just had sex with him the first night? No, it was like I was talking to, to him for a couple months and everything. And then... Oh, even more pathetic. I mean, on his part, you know what I mean? And, and then the guy doesn't use a condom? No. I mean, this guy is is wow. a, I mean, he's a criminal. In, That's in, the point. Yeah, he I know, needs but to be I, prosecuted. And here's a guy. It's guys like this that are going to sort of knock this world off its axis. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Because Lord knows how many times he's done this. And then why didn't you ever want to talk to him again? Because I found out later on, a couple months later, when I found out I was pregnant, that he slept with um, many girls and has had this has happened. So I just don't want that kind of loser in my well, life. Wow. wow. Isn't that already, just what I said? Yeah. That guy's definitely a loser. Well, oh. Why does this young lady feel that she needs to be such a victim? I, I don't understand that. That's a good question. What do you mean such a victim? Why not be the one that steps up and puts this guy where he belongs, behind bars? Right on. I don't know. I never thought of it. Mm-hmm. And where are your folks? At home. I live with my boyfriend. Oh, really? Wow. Let me ask you a quick question. you have any older brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have an older brother. How old is he? Mm-hmm. How old's your mom? Um, 42. Okay. Just doing some math there. Um, that's true. Uh, mom would be like, you know, uh, 31. Something like <laughs> really? that. Um, yeah, I got a question. Um, my boyfriend I live with, he lives with one of his friends, and his friend, girlfriend, has crabs. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. And, um, Save it all off. I'm calling in an airstrike. I'm going to put this... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just got to... I got to put an end to this. Wow. Between the crabs, the friend, uh, how old is your current boyfriend? Seventeen. Right. Oh boy. But his friend has crab. His friend's girlfriend has crabs, and she said it. She got it from her roommate. Mm hmm And her roommate's a girl. And mm -hmm. that's the only way you can get it is through sex. No, you can get them anyway. And you can yeah. get them off a comforter. Yeah, you can get them off the couch. You can but, get it uh, lying in the much, sand. Much more likely. Down. If if they had sex. So it's suspicious, but not uh, conclusive. All right. Haley, your new boyfriend doesn't mind you being... Um, you met him after you were pregnant, right? Right. 
And he never had any problem with this. Uh-uh. Wow. What? That's uh, Adam, very interesting. Send the strike force. Wait, she, she's 15? Oh, yes. All that's happened at just 15? I know. Amazing. Oh, All right. Unbelievable. Haley, Liz, how are you going to support the kid? Um, I don't know. Oh. I go to school. Oh, okay. Well, if you go to school, then that's no problem. <laughs> Stuff like this makes me sick. All right. All right, Haley, can't you give the kid up for adoption? Yeah, but I don't want to. I know. You don't want to. But you didn't want to have your tonsils out or your wisdom teeth pulled either, did you? But you had them done because it was the right thing to do, right? Right. Right. And I don't pay taxes because I want to, do I? No. No. All right. So you do the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Give the kid up for adoption, please. the child. You know, it's amazing to me. We talked to some people, and they're like, they have a moral problem with abortion and sometimes with adoption. But they don't have any moral problem with having sex with a 25-year-old man in a one-night uh, well stand. Put. Very well or put. Situation. Very well put. Or raising the kids in environments which are damaging to them. Yeah, the kids. That, gonna... That's my. That's where my moral indigna- indignation sets in. Is that people? I mean, unwilling to r- be real about who they are and what their life circumstances is. Yeah, the kid is getting raised in a crab house. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are crabs in the kid's room, and he hasn't even been born yet. Oh, and you know there's five people. You know it's got that bad rust-colored carpet with the bong water stains in it. <laughs> bong water stains. Got the shelves uh, made out of the cinder block and the knotty pine, sure. one by 12. <laughs> sure. And it's like, yeah, we all oh, were see. there at some time or another, but we didn't have, thank God, we could barely raise ourselves. I couldn't imagine raising a kid. Oh, well, Dr. Drew, could there be like some sort of desire to, um, d- due to low self-esteem, to um, try to, even at that young an age, whether it is have a, a, a little baby, a little doll that you might be yes. able to sort of... Uh, of, of course. It's to make, have something that would love them unconditionally. It's an attempt to, to feel good by having a love object and also... Also to sort of bring right or make right what was done wrong to them when they were growing up. But, of course, it doesn't work like it's that. It's really what sports is uh, to a lot of guys. Like, you know those guys, they walk around, they got a Milwaukee Brewers a sweatshirt on. They sure. go, Brewers! And they're sitting here, and they're like, they never lived in Milwaukee, and they're watching a the TV, and they st- it's some sports bar, and they stand up and scream because uh, it, five games into the season, Milwaukee won a uh, game over the Yankees by uh, one one run. Mm. And they get totally obsessed on something, sure. and it keeps them away from their miserable reality, which is they're not getting laid, they're getting fat, their prostate's blown up, and their hair's falling out, <laughs> their boss uh, hates their guts, oh, and yeah. And they're uh, they're praying that they raise the minimum wage uh, fifty cents so <laughs> so they can get their car out of the impound. But they are into the brewers. This in is a exactly huge way. why that everybody should learn how to surf. But but there's something more real about that than acting out your narcissistic fantasies on another person. These babies, these children to be, are separate human beings that are not put there to serve the parents. The needs of the parents are what are being put ahead of everything else, and that's the exact wrong way to make the decision about who should raise the child All right. or whether to have a child. Drew, where are your kids now? With my wife. Where's your wife? Yeah, back at the hotel. Oh, really? Yeah. You staying in the same room? Yeah. Oh, it's a disaster. Greg. Yeah. You're 32. This Ace the Rock Carrera. Ace uh, Rock Carrera, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm trying to figure out what my new radio name is going to be, whether it be Ace Rockola or Ace Carrera. But uh, Ace the Rock Carrera is uh, is a nice compromise. I'm just hoping this whole Carrera thing goes the way of the fart on the head. <laughs> I am going to fart on some girl's head too before you, you, the show. You forget up. about these things. That's nice. 
All right, Greg, what do you want? I got a question for Professor Pinsky there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go forward with getting a vasectomy, and I had a consultation with my physician a few days ago, and he told me that uh, the incision that will be made so that he can get in and cut the vas deferens will not be stitched up after the procedure. They just tape it? Uh, actually, it? he didn't say, I, I imagine that that will probably be it. Mm-hmm. He, he said that the reason for doing that is because there will probably be some oozing and it would be better to let it ooze out rather than stitch it up and let it ooze inside. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know if, you know, is that the right way to go about it? Is that something that's pretty common or... Hold on. A- Engineer Mike has had this procedure done. Uh, to, it was your testicles, right, Mike? Yeah. What Mike, happened? Did they sew you? Did they sew you up? Yeah, I had stitches on. Yeah. You they, they, they're the kind that just fall off. Before they days. sewed uh, Mike's scrotum up, though, he was telling us they filled it with uh, Tootsie Rolls and candy corn and let some of <laughs> three-year-old <laughs> smack on it with a stick. <laughs> but, Greg, I, I'm the not familiar. That's I, right. I don't perform vasectomies. I understand what he's telling you. Uh, they're a thing called seromas or any sort of fluid-filled cyst that can develop after uh, a surgical procedure. They're common after mastectomies are common. I've seen them after uh, tummy tucks, this sort of thing. So to leave it open makes sense to me. I just don't know if it's the standard of care or not. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know why he doesn't put a little drain in, say, too, as well as uh, sew it up. He did so. say it, it heals pretty quickly down there. and that it would I would think so. And I would think so. Is he a urologist you're seeing? Uh, I don't think so. It's not a urologist? No. I would want a urologist to do the procedure. You would? Yeah. He didn't tell me he was, but maybe he is. I suppose I could yeah. ask. I, I Probably mean, a, a pretty good surgeon. idea. Yeah. yeah, general surgeons are certainly capable of many of these procedures, but I, I would want a urologist myself. Yeah, right? especially in the, I, I would let a um, uh, podiatrist uh, work on, let's say, my elbow. <laughs> and I would let a urologist uh, like work on my knee, but I would not let anybody who was not a penis and scrotum specialist work on that area. Well, I did want you to know that I didn't just pick this guy because he was holding a sign on the corner. You know, advertising. You know, will work for you were referred you know, to it. Rolls and whatever. You were referred to him. Yeah. All right. Why do you want to have a vasectomy? You're only thirty-two. Uh, man, this is no world for kids to be growing up in. That's what I like. You've never had an bitter, sterile man. That that's no kid. You know, I, I I like my lifestyle. I don't not really interested in having kids or. or Good. Kids, That's fine. Drew, don't talk you the did, guy out of it. Well, it please. is fine, but it's always the responsible, uh, sensitive people who should be raising kids that decide not to. Well, maybe this is the guy who nailed our last caller. You yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, I got to go. Uh, love you guys' show. And, All right. Uh, uh, Mason jar size bunk holes out the both you guys, huh? Thank you. Uh, You're not that guy, though, Greg. No, he is not. All right, good luck with this act. Thanks, Greg. Bye. All right. There's a uh, there's a guy who calls in about every six months, I would say, he tries to disguise his voice, and each time he ends his call with, um, she had a anus the size of a mason jar. That's his tagline. But oh, he can't okay. disguise his voice. He never makes. He never. Uh, he's not a real able. clever guy. Yeah. He's um, that voice rings in my head when it uh, I hear it. It's amazing though. Drew is so amazing. I mean, the other the, this happened about two weeks ago. This guy literally calls up twice a year. We talk to hundreds, maybe thousands of people a year, 
And we just take call after call after call every night. And like I said, the guy hadn't called up in eight months. And he calls up, and he's disguising his voice. And uh, he's going under a different name. And it's like uh, Larry, line two. He's uh, 22 years old. Larry, you're on Loveline. Hi, Dr. Drew. Uh, Drew looks at me immediately. It's that guy. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? It doesn't sound like the guy because he's using a different voice. And he said three syllables. That's the guy, Drew says. And uh, sure enough, it turns out to be the guy. Uncanny, Drew. It's I, really I the only thing you... Voice. It's your only skill. You really, really have to figure out how to make money off of that. Thank Some you. sort of circus where you come into town once a year and then you blow into town the next year and you uh, identify people just by the sound of their voice. Yes. That would be Quite huge. Oh. Yes. Maybe you could guess their age as well. No, he couldn't do that. Or he no, couldn't, couldn't do weight either. Mm -mm. Unless he had one of those uh, caliper things. Drew? Yeah. Sit tight. Right. you got about another half hour to go. You all right? Right on. You going to make it? All right. Uh, Matt and Maddie from uh, In God's Hands are here, and we'll be right back. Uh, is. Matt and Maddie are here from In God's Hands. This is a uh, surf movie. It was uh, released last Friday, which was only a couple of days ago, and uh, should be in theaters uh, near you, and I'm guessing we'll sort of uh, spread out. Oh, yeah, nationally. We don't, we don't actually call it a surf movie. We think it's a movie that has some surfing in it, actually. Actually, uh, you're right. It's uh, it, it would be okay to call it a surf movie if there wasn't a whole bunch of surf movies. Exactly. <laughs> a couple callers, I don't want to talk about the movie up there. All, All right. right. On. Drew is calling from uh, New York, by the way, where he's there um, doing some uh, work for some um, drug company. Right, Drew? Yeah. It's, uh, and uh, the National Association of Marriage and Family Counselors, we're doing a presentation on depression and intimacy and side effects of depression medication. Really, I, I am so pleased with this project. I got to tell you, they're just, they're letting me stand up in front of a group of people and call it like I see it. Mm hmm. Do they need some sort of masturbatory expert over there? Strangely, this project didn't call for that, and that's mm. why you're there. Okay, yeah. See if you can get me in on something like that. And, oh, uh, and our, I'm always working your, your, your angle. <laughs> your Speaking of masturbation, actually, uh, Dr. Drew, yeah. what, what do, you think, do you think that teenage pregnancy could be lowered if, in fact, um, uh, masturbation was uh, you know, promoted and encouraged at a very young age in schools and, and in the family home? It's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be discouraged. I mean, people should be uh, should be taught to take care of their own needs without acting out and hurting other people, certainly. But I think the job of parent is not so much to promote sexuality as it is to help kids contain it. I think generally as a society for people to be creating environments where young males can talk about it and feel less shameful about it is a good thing. Yeah, I yeah. should get some sort of award for that, Drew. Yeah, I have to disagree. Well, you, yeah, really. I have to disagree with you, actually, Doctor. Um, yeah, this is a I, 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 don't, I don't feel strongly about it, so well, I, I can. I don't believe in, in containing, try, trying to get kids to contain anything yeah, because if yeah. they're uncontainable, what you have to do is give them proper outlets for this yeah, energy. And right. I believe that yep. promoting self-esteem. Yes. And self-love uh, and yes. masturbation and education about their own bodies. Yes. I think that these are things we really have to do rather than try I, I don't to disagree with wrap you. them across the knuckles with, I, with I a ruler. Don't dis yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I, I just really would have to think this out and look at whatever research is available about what age to do it and how to do it and what's the best way to do it. I mean, I'm clear you shouldn't be doing it before the age of 12, but maybe around 13, 14, that's not a bad idea. I, I tried I to uh, research masturbation once and then just started whacking off about halfway into it and forgot what I, I was I want, you know, <laughs> Adam, hmm. 
I, I watched uh, our television show last night. Cause it's, it's on a little earlier over here. Mm -hmm. At least my, my clock's earlier, so I get to stay up. And who, I actually watched it. it for, <laughs> I didn't forget uh, about that. I haven't seen that show in, in two months. I, I haven't seen it in about four months. Uh, I can't remember who was on it. Uh, uh, African-American model. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> what's <laughs> Tyra Banks Veronica, or something? Or Veronica Lake? Webb. Veronica Webb. Webb. <laughs> Veronica Webb. And, yeah. Uh, there was uh, we were talking about vasectomy, and we were. Uh, were talking about we were talking about how men sometimes have an, a more intense orgasm the first time after they've had the vasectomy. Right. And your point was you thought it was just because the guy had been masturbating for the two weeks that uh, he was recovering from right. the vasectomy. Oh. And you made the point that you too would have an amazing quote amazing orgasm if you could stop touching yourself for three days. Right. Uh, let alone uh, three weeks. Right. Yes. Yes. All right, we're going to speak to uh, Kimberly. Wants to talk a little about the movie. And as far as the um, the sort of masturbatory thing that uh, Matt brought up, which would maybe it would take the edge off the teenagers a little, and they'd be uh, less likely to copulate. I doubt it because I'm guessing the guys who are engaging in intercourse, even at 14, 15, 16 years old, have already begun the masturbatory journey as well. I don't think there's many guys who haven't masturbated who, whose first Adam, experience with orgasm yeah, is with a woman. I, I understand that, but I think Matt's making the point that maybe if the hygiene were kept uh, at a higher pace, yeah, uh, they wouldn't be as apt to act out. We'd have to hook them up to some kind of uh, device, though, like they have on the dairy farms. <laughs> Kimberly. Good Lord. You're 13. Yeah. What's going on? Um, nothing much. I just wanted to say the movie was really good. Well, thanks, Kimber. That really means a lot to us. When did you see it? Today. Where are you calling from? Placentia. And uh, are, you, are you a surf fan? Are you, do you surf yourself? Well, I've tried it, but I fell like 60 billion times. Why, what made you go out and see the movie if you're not a, a surfer? And not, not that you, you couldn't enjoy it if you weren't, but I'm curious. Surfing's cool. Well, this guy that like I like a lot asked me to go. Yes, that's what. Well, I you know what's interesting? It, uh, so far, the three or four calls we've had about the show have been thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-olds, and it seems like the whole beach scene was kind of we've kind of moved away from it in the last ten years. Is it coming back again? Yeah, I think so. Because maybe the younger adolescents are the ones that are going to bring that movement back in a, in a bigger way. Yeah. So, uh, what what you like about the movie? What's your favorite scene? Um. Just seeing them surf, it's so awesome to see them do that. I thought it was fake at first, but when you guys said it was real, that's just, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, all the actors were surfing and all the uh, surfers no were acting. No special effects. The movie, movie made me cry when he died. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I made you go through that. I, I really am. But I'm still here. I'm still here, Kim. That's good. Hey, let me explain to you a little something about the movie radio etiquette, Kimberly. You don't want to give away too many of the... Just uh, hit a couple bullet points, but don't give away the big stuff. Oh, I'm so... I always do that. I'm so sorry. Don't you apologize, Kim. Don't you let him make you feel bad. You did the right thing. All right. So you're going to go out and see it again? Yeah. And I just want to say something real fast. Uh, Maddie? Yeah. I think you're so cute. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of foxy. Thanks. The guy that told me, the guy that I went with got mad at me because I said that, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's why, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm not taking my girlfriend to see any surf movies. I take her to see uh, movies where fat guys lie around snacking. <laughs> I don't know what kind of movie those uh, that would be, but uh, it's basically a bunch of really good-looking young guys who are built and their shirts uh, aren't on the entire felt. That's true. And uh, obviously... Uh, I, I could imagine uh, women watching this movie. It's like a, it's like a, a Chippendales. We're all, we're all topless. Yeah, it's a topless movie. I don't yeah. think I wore a shirt once. And, I, and by yeah, the way, this is women's. This is what women like. I mean, you, you talk about women not. Drew, stop reading over there and listen for a second. 
Women don't like pornography. This is eroticism for True. women. Uh, Good-looking guys with their shirts off doing something that uh, doesn't involve... I mean, the activity Never involves them taking their shirt off, but they didn't take it off so some chick could stuff singles down their shorts. No, not at all. Um, I, I think that also when you couple the direction of uh, Zalman King, who is known for having the courage to explore sensuality not on a pornographic level... I think that it's it's a perfect marriage between uh, you know sport and sensuality. Drew, it's also the romantic story. No, no, don't love. say anything. Just find me the next call, will you, please. <laughs> I need you to add on to that. Line six. Okay, Nicole. Hey. You're 16. Yes, I am. Yeah, women like a story when uh, it's told with um, shirts off. Oh yeah. But they don't like pornography per no. se. All right, Nicole, what's going on? Oh, I'm not gonna try and be confusing, but I'll do it anyway. Um. I like this guy, and he found out through, like, a really immature way that I liked him. Like, my friends called him up and was like, well, do you like her? And, you know, just, like, really kiddie-type stuff. And mm -hmm. really upset. And now he, like, doesn't even want to talk to me anymore because of it. Because he and found out you like him? Yeah. Cause, and then um, my friend told me that he liked me, too. Huh. Once he found out, he's, like, totally ignoring me at work. And I, I work with him. I like Do you think maybe he's, he's sort of anxious and overwhelmed and uh, feels threatened in some way? I don't know. It's just like... It, where do you guys it, work? I like the local pizza place. Uh, is, he, does he, is he sort of socially inept? I mean, does he have a lot of girlfriends or is he somebody that's sort of shy? No, he has like a lot of guy friends. Like, he just hangs out with all his little mm -hmm. band buddies or whatever. Don't you think, though, if this guy was interested in her and somebody alerted him to the fact that she was interested in him, that he would sort of jump on that? How old is he? He's 17. I mean, if he were 13 or 14, I, I could maybe make an excuse that he really didn't have the skill to follow through. But at 17, most guys, if they're into it, will, I mean, the vast majority will be able could, to could he rally. Be, you think he might be sophisticated enough to be playing hard to get? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he works at a pizza place. <laughs> I was pretty sophisticated when I worked at a pizza place. Yeah, I think he's but being sophisticated and playing hard to get. You have been? Well, no, I mean, but if there was a girl that you liked and somebody tipped you off, hey, she likes you. I'd uh, be kind of nervous, actually. You might you be a little nervous. You might play a little hard to get, but that that wouldn't last long. I mean, that'd be the the world's worst strategy. You would you would ask her out, or you would make some sort of overture toward her. No, the first thing point. I would do is I would go to my friends and ask for approval at that age, and that's probably something he isn't getting because she's interested in him and I not agree. their friends. That's an interesting point, Nicole. But he and when he um. It was like totally different before. Before we, before I even started liking him, we would just like flirt a lot and everything. Just, mm -hmm. And we would hug all the time and act like really good buddies. But well, how how long ago was he tipped off? About two weeks ago. Oh, he he really should have made his move in that. Yeah. In that Why don't window. you ask him out? Take take him away from that environment and just have a, a play. Just get some do some alone with him somewhere. Just spend some time with him. Well, ask him I, out. My friend said. Because he, he, he said, he yeah. called me immature. He said, I, I acted like a middle school kid by having my friends tell him. And I didn't tell him. I think you should declare a major and either ask him out or completely ignore him. I agree. Really? Yeah, Nicole, and, and I, I'm, I'm not nuts about this guy the more I hear about him. Well, he's kind of arrogant. He sounds like every guy. All right, so why don't you just uh, listen, Nicole, find some goofy guy who, who likes you, would you? Uh, Please. 
You're, you're going to end up with this guy later on in life anyway. Might as well just get used to him now. Yeah, go, go I, I don't think there's that. anything wrong, though, with going up to him and just saying what the hell's going on. I don't either. Hey, but would you do that? At 17, I wouldn't have the guts. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have either. And, <laughs> and we're guys. Ask time, see if you can kind of close the deal here, find out what's really going on, whether who knows what's going on with him. It doesn't sound great. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like a very encouraging situation. I think the only chance is to spend some time alone with him. In, in some kind of an environment where you can get to know him, uh, you know, since he knows that you're into him. Or else forget it. Ask him out on a date to um, go see in God's hands. There you go. <laughs> I heard it works. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a uh, break. Uh, when we come back, we will, uh, let's see, we'll find out if uh, electronically tested condoms really work. Do you know what that is, Drew? Yep. Good. We'll find out when we come back. That is my favorite drop. She has a sexy voice. Yeah, it's especially when she, she slurs her name. <laughs> oh, Diego. And this is Donna here. <laughs> she's real sweet, though, and uh, I don't think she's drinking anymore, actually. Last time I spoke to her, anyway. Matt George is here, and uh, Maddie Liu. Liu. Yes. Come on. Hey, I got it, Liu. <laughs> Now, uh, they're uh, in uh, God's Hands, which is a uh, new movie that was out just a couple of days ago, and it is uh, taking the nation by storm. Thank you, it is. We feel really good about that. And uh, the guys were just uh, telling me that uh, they had a TV version of this, uh, or a pilot for a TV version of this, that they just finished with uh, Bo Derek, and it was done in Hawaii, and it's hour long, and uh, all that junk. And On NBC. Now, how did... It's called, but that one's called Wind on Water. Right. Which is the force that uh, creates waves. But the force that creates a, a, a fast heartbeat is when you see someone like Bo Derek come out of the water and sit across from you on a surfboard <laughs> in a wet T-shirt. Now, that was an experience. Yeah, yeah and she, uh, let's see, she's got to be she's like, near 40, if, if not She told me she was 21. 40. Yeah, and I believe, it. I believe anything she'd say when she's in that wet T-shirt. We, uh, I mean, when she was in 10, she must have been uh, 20, 21, something like that. She was 19. Old, Oh, was she 19 she and 10? 19. That's what she told us. No, I think yeah, she was like 17. She may just be doing the math now. What I, what I mean is, <laughs> she, is 10 years ago, she may have been 13 when she was in 10. Well, she's a charming woman, and she looks remarkable regardless yeah, of age. she's beautiful. Oh, Very the, nice lady, too. John Derrick knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Drew? Mm. You there? Mm-hmm. Good man. You getting tired, mm. Drew? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, where are you broadcasting from, Drew? Same studio you and I were in out here. It's it's uh, Westwood One Studios in New York near Times Square. Right. Remember? Yeah, vaguely. Is that where we mm -hmm. had the uh, belligerent uh, limo driver? Yes. It was great. Yes. There was a guy. New York's great because uh, Drew and I travel around a lot. And when you go to, oh, Iowa or Chicago or something like that, you got these great guys who uh, drive the limos. They're the same guy. They're, guy, they're in their uh, late 50s, early 60s. They know every square foot of the terrain, and they love to talk about it. That's how my grandpa was. He, he was a limo driver? No, he, he grew up in, <laughs> in the East Coast, and he knows everything about Right. Anything. Now the guy, but the guys in New York are kind of pissed off and don't want to be bothered. It's a little bit different. So anyway, we we had to get to Westwood One to do our broadcast, and we only had about 15 minutes. And there's supposed to be a limo waiting for us, and there, we ran out in front of the hotel, and we were really in a rush, and it was late at night. And I saw a town car down the street about half a block, and there's a guy sleeping in it. And I went and tapped on the window because there was no other town car around, and we had to get to this Westwood One to begin the show, and it was start.
starting live in about 20 minutes, and I said, uh, it's like on the window, uh, you know? Hey, you here to uh, pick up two guys and take them to Westwood One? No, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. Ran back to Drew and stood in front of the hotel for another five minutes. Then I started to get panicky and I said, I, it's gotta be that guy back there. And I ran back to the car again. Hey, uh, you're not supposed to pick up, uh, uh Adam Carolla and, uh, Dr. Drew to take them, uh, no. Get lost. <laughs> so we like stood back again and then, uh, about five minutes later he goes, um, hey, are you Adam and Drew? <laughs> yeah, I get in. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't finished with his nap, uh, I, apparently. Drew? I was like, no, I'm looking for Adam and Drew, not not you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you literally said, he goes, no, not you. I'm looking for guys named Adam and Drew. Get out of here. <laughs> you got a call there, Drew? Yeah, let's go to line, hang on a second, uh, six. Oh, okay, Drew. Oh, wait, no, you were going to talk about the electronically tested condoms on Oh, two. that's right. There you go. Sex. Nate. Yeah, what's up? What is electronically tested condoms? Okay, well, I got a question about that, and I got a question about orgasms after that. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. I'm quick. Um, my question about condoms is I have this condom that's just electronically testing. I was wondering, wondering if that's supposed to reduce the risk even more than regularly. I think they, most of them say things like that on there. Yeah, and, well, uh, I think they are tested. Uh, think they'd be yeah, dangerous, but... though. I mean, after the robot wears it for a while, and then uh, they put it back into the package, doesn't that seem like it would uh, so compromise far, I it? I don't drug? know of any robotic HIV transmission, so I think you're okay. I'm just way. saying, wouldn't it weaken it when the mm, robot humps its robotic it's, partner? Yeah, I'm not so sure they actually use it in robotic sex. They just oh. inflate them, basically. Oh, oh, so okay, they, I, I, right. You know, the, the condoms are... are Get the consumer reports on them. They actually do a nice job of uh, telling you what are the safest for the best price and the least uh, mm, least apt to break. Aren't they tested with light, Doctor Drew? With light, shown I don't know how they test them. Honestly, I don't know. I read uh, an article. I've, I've heard that they test them with lasers, actually. Yeah, I, lasers there's all kinds of controversies about whether they're tested. Are they tested? Are they satisfactorily tested? But for the most part, like the Rams and the, and the Trojans and the you know the ones that are standardly available are fairly effective. If they're used properly and they're not kept in your glove compartment for three weeks in the in the hot summer sun, uh, you know, just use them properly. That's the main issue. Nate. Yeah. What's okay. your other question? My other, actually, it's two. Um, when how do I know if my girlfriend? The first one is how do I know if my girlfriend's having an orgasm? Mm, her toes will uh, curl? No, um, she can be faking, right? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. If you can't fake the toe curl, most women don't do that kind of detail work. Oh, Lord. Uh, does she say she has an orgasm? Uh, I haven't really asked, but, you know, it's kind of like, uh... Why don't you ask her? I mean, if you're close enough to her to be physically intimate in that way, you should be able to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, my other question is, um, when she's giving me a hand job or a blowjob, I can't, I won't come. That's nice. That could be technique. <laughs> Chivalry is not dead, by the way. Well, it could well, be a I'm technique problem. You know? Psychological thing. Uh, hmm? Psychological thing or something. All right. Well, are, are you able to give yourself uh, hand jobs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, Matt. Here's what I say, and a lot of women don't understand this. Um, a guy gets pretty used to his own technique. I mean, there's a certain thing that a guy's been doing for many years, and when a woman's hand gets down there, even though they're thrilled there's a woman's hand down there, the penis is a little confused because it's a totally different <laughs> grip. It's a totally different technique, and sometimes it won't cooperate just because it feels uh, so foreign. I'm with you. It's like uh, trying to stuff a uh, VHS tape into a beta player. <laughs> it, it, they're both tapes, uh, and they may have good movies on them, but it just doesn't quite work. All right, Drew? 
and even men have certain images of what they're looking for in their intimacies. And if it's not that, they may need to an, another level of closeness, which includes the intercourse sometimes. Mm, anyway. Yeah, but it, it, it is just sensation. If they could recreate what the guy yeah. has been recreating for the last four years in his bathroom, uh, there would be no difficulty at all. Uh, now, all right. when it comes to the blowjob thing, I think that that might be a guilt thing. What do you think, Dr. Drew? Mm. It is in some cases, and you just have to sort of, uh, I think it, it goes from individual to individual. But again, it's, it also is a sensation thing sometimes, too. Yeah, Guys get very used to again, one thing. We're, we're talking about what creates preference in people's physical encounters. That's a pretty complex thing. I and mean, without talking at length to one person, you can't really sort out why they have the preferences they have, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, people have preferences, and that's fine. Don, or Dom, I should say. No, I I want to talk to Dom. Relax. Talk to Nikki. Just relax. Dom? Hello? You're 14. Yeah. What's your question? Um, I had a question for Matt. Matt or Matty? Uh, Matt. I'm right, I'm right here, man. Hey, um, was it you who paddled into Jaws? Yes, it was. Whoa. <laughs> How did it feel? Like... Well, I'll tell you. Um, have you ever stood on top of a hill that's covered with snow with a big sled underneath your feet and then pushed off? No, I live in Southern Orange County. <laughs> well, what I just described is exactly what it would be like. It was really, it was really quite something. Jaws is on the North Shore. Maui. Maui. Oh, okay. Ki-ahi. And um, when you fell, did you fall into the lip and go over? Yes, I did. I, I, uh, I took a dreadful wipeout, but um, it was um, there was a lot of lifeguards there, and, and I would advise you not to do this at home, young man. How, long how deep was the water? Down? Well, actually, you should talk to our surfing big wave expert. I'm not a big wave expert. Matty is. You might want to ask him that question. Really? It all, it all depends, um, like, how long you're going to get held down. It depends on, the, you know, how big the wave is and if you come up after it, if you get held down. Um, for the next wave behind it, so I mean, twenty seconds probably would be pretty long. Yeah, I don't want to be under longer than fifteen seconds. All right, Dom, that's enough questions. Aww. I got to fire through a few more. Did you see the movie? Yeah, it was great. Did you love it? Yeah. Good. All right. Go see it again. All right. All right. Here's what I want everyone to do. All you surfers, <laughs> you know what's gonna, you know what's why this movie's gonna make a ton of ton of money. And don't take this the wrong way, but the surfers they like the herb. A lot of the guys. A lot of these guys are going to see the movie Stone the first time. Then a week later, they're going to forget they saw it, and they're going to go out and see <laughs> it again. Go back and see it again. You're going to get a lot of repeat dollars on this. I take real personal offense to that, actually. <laughs> no, but a lot. I mean, let's face it. Uh, a lot of guys uh, like the weed. A lot of guys uh, who surf like the weed, and a lot of guys like to smoke a little hooch before they go in and see a movie. You know what's crazy? And you can go enjoy. I, I've done this no, before. But when I grew up, I honestly, growing up in a beach community, I never really saw that much. Um, Marijuana, and then when I when I moved to California, and now I live in the city, I see more of it in the city than I do. Oh, much more my, than you see at the beach. Yeah, I, and I always thought, wow. I think that's guys, a typical stereotype that yeah. uh, has been, uh, you know, uh, perpetuated through uh, by guys who smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, by guys who smoke a lot of weed, especially in New <laughs> you know? York. And surf. New York weed is so but, big um, in New York. But you know, the, the 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 idea of the surfer is as is as strong a uh, male archetype as the American cowboy. And I look at us as just sort of the cowboys of the millennium. Play, uh, Engineer Mike, uh, play Don Ho's uh, drop, if oh, you I would. love Don Ho. We had Don Ho in here, and I said, Don, uh, do you smoke? Uh, you got a lot of herb growing on all those acres you, you own in Hawaii. And he went, maybe. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, maybe. 
Don Hall. Oh, yeah. You got to go see a show. His show's excellent. Uh, we, so, we, so who else can we here. can we help anybody here? All right, let's see if we can just power through We're out of time, a few though. calls. Drew, out of time? Pipe down over there. Let me do see. Number six, right? Number six. Mahalo. Nikki. Hi. You're uh, 23. Huh. Yeah. Um, first of all, I wanted to say that your little stereotype about how like real surfers don't have like any can't hold on to any other job is like completely not true. I'm a third year UCLA law student and. I'm also an exotic dancer, and mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> and you know a lot of surfers, you obviously. You sound really sexy. God. And, and do you surf? Yes, religiously. Okay. Hey, I, I, I so agree. She's holding the job down at the yeah. titty box. Surfers are amazing human beings. Yes, they are. And we do it all. Nikki? Yes. You got about 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Just keep talking because you sound so incredibly sexy. <laughs> I just want to keep hearing your voice. Um, first of all, I want to say, Maddie, you're incredibly hot. Ah, oh, thanks. You are like so gorgeous, and um, it really makes me feel good. <laughs> I was wondering, um, I um, was diagnosed last week with scabies, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if it's possible to get into your genital area. It's possible. It's usually around the belt line, wrists, ankles, that sort of thing. Maddie just Steve lost his wood, by the way. But uh, <laughs> go ahead, Drew. Polish that thing off. But uh, the treatment they're going to give you would, they basically give you a soap and a shampoo, and that will eradicate it wherever it is. Right. Did right. They, uh, is it on a rope? Because uh, I think it could get lost up there. Uh, okay, Drew. Whatever it is, just keeps her. What are scabies, Drew? Life. Skin parasite. Beautiful. Yeah, parasite. All right. And are they much different than crabs? A little different, not much. Mm-hmm. They get under the skin. They burrow. Oh, beautiful. All right, we'll be back. I feel so... Yes, you is. All right, we're out of time. In God's Hands is the name of the movie. Go out and see it. See it stoned, and then see it again because you forgot you saw it the first time. Let's make some money. see you tomorrow night, all right? All right, Drew, thanks a lot. Thank you. Kiss the nanny for me. Mm. Yes. Uh, Matt, mm. Maddie, thank you very much. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to be on this show. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Continued yeah, uh, success. And uh, when the series uh, comes out, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And uh, then you guys can come back and plug that. God bless you. All right. Until next you. time, this is Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Love Line. The opinions expressed herein are not necessarily those of the staff or management or producers or directors or the advertising or anyone. But they might be Bob's. I'm Bob, and they're mine. The producer of Love Line is Ann Wilkins. Love Line is a presentation of Westwood One Entertainment. Grr. Arg. We now return you to your highly tested, regularly scheduled programming. Bye.